morning. Good morning. There we go. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to this servant, um, servant, dear me, it's going to be a morning, isn't it? I welcome you to this service of Advent this morning. We're here to worship our Lord. I wonder where we've come from this morning, if we've come rushed, whether it's been crazy getting out, whether we come with heavy hearts, whether our hearts are full of joy and hope. Teachers, you're nearly there. You've only got a couple more weeks to go. Wherever we've come from this morning, I invite you to stand if you're able. And let's just pause for a moment as we just remember why we're here and the video is going to play. Let's, if you're able, let's stand and just pause for a moment and then the video after a, a few moments will play. Let's stand and just prepare our hearts before God. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a bowl. These were the words of Jesus years after his birth. Yet they reflect a truth that prevails through every season of his coming into our world. The message of hope, the message of salvation, the message of love is embodied in one who generations of prophets foretold. A child born in forgotten squalor while the movers and shakers of this world pursued their own self-seeking agendas. A man who faced down religious elites and puppet rulers. A divine sacrifice, who death could not hold, and whose reign and rule will one day be fully revealed. And the love that compelled this self-giving Creator God to become one with us, to take upon himself the worst that human wickedness could devise, and to place the best that eternity can offer within the grasp of fallen humanity, compels us to make that message known. And it is no less an act of love to hold fast to that message in the face of those who are disturbed by its truth, dismissive of its credibility, or simply too preoccupied with other agendas, than it is to live and share it with those who have embraced its eternal promise. We testify to the light, because love implores us to make its message known. light of the world, our message of hope, of love, of salvation. This is the God we've come to worship today. And there was a picture shared before we started this morning of a toddler walking and falling over and they reach up for their parent to pick them up, to help them. And that image is for us here today. Our God is reaching out this morning through the worship. Let us reach out to him with our hearts, our deepest emotions. Let's meet with our Lord. And as we sing our first song of worship, Stephen is going to come and help me light the Advent ring. 
Let's worship. Together. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. We thank you that we are alive and you are alive in us. We think of those that may not be here this morning because of ill health and various other reasons. We pray for them this morning because you are God the healer. Wherever they may be, may that right now, may you heal their bodies, their minds, and their spirits. As we move towards the Christmas period, some may be struggling with loneliness. We thank you that you are the God of peace. Some of us need a little bit more joy in our lives, more happiness in our lives. You are the God of joy. Even as we worship you this morning, we say we, thank, we are thankful that we are alive in you, Jesus. If anyone do not know you this morning, even before the end of this service, may they run into your loving embrace. You are the God of comfort. You are the God of love. You are the God of peace. Good morning, everybody. Just a couple of notices. If you are a church member, it's our next church members meeting this Wednesday at 7.45 here in the church. So if you can make it, that'd be great. If you have not um, received our email, the documentation for the meeting, there are a couple of hard copies out um, in the welcome area. This Wednesday afternoon is the um, funeral and Thanksgiving service for um, Jeff Gosling. Um, please come if you'd like to pay your respects. We also, though, do need some additional help um, with the refreshments after the service. If you're able to do that to serve the tea, serve the coffee, please do speak to Vicky before you leave the church today. Tomorrow is the deadline for if you want to update your details for the church directory or if you've not been in the church directory and you'd like to, tomorrow is the deadline. After that, unfortunately, we will not be able to... Um, add you in for the new versions that are going to be um, available in the coming weeks. And then finally, we are heading into our Christmas season. So we've got lots of um, additional services happening for children, young people, adults, all different ages. Um, but we've also got some leaflets coming this week that we'd like to um, put through people's letterboxes through the surrounding areas, give them a chance to come along for those different services. If you're able to spare some time um, delivering the leaflets through people's letterboxes, please do speak to Ken. He's going to be um, out in the welcome area. Just so you can have a chat to him and find out what you need to do. Um, there's about 25 roads, so you haven't got to do all 25. You just pick one road, and it would be really great if you could come along and help us in that. Thank you. We're going to say thank you to God for the offering. Thank you for those who have been able to continue to give and in a few minutes when we sing a next song of worship, please feel free if um, you haven't done so yet to use the boxes or the card machine out the front. But let's say thank you to God for all that he has blessed us with. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for supplying our needs. Father God, thank you that we are able to keep warm. Thank you for the food that you've blessed us with. Thank you that we live in an area where we have free health care. 
Thank you, Father God, that we are surrounded by shops that are full of groceries. Father God, thank you that we live in a nation of peace. And Father God, we pray this morning for those who are not in the same situation as we find ourselves today. We pray for those across the world who are suffering through lack of food, lack of housing, lack of work. Father, we pray for those even in our own community who are struggling so much today. Father, we pray that you'd use the money that you've blessed us with, that we give back to you this morning. We pray that you'd use it to bless people, to help people, to draw people to yourself that they might know your love and your hope. And Father, as we use this money, we know it's used here, but we also know it gets used across the world. And we pray that every penny would be used for your glory. But Lord, as we have sung in our worship, so we also pray that you would reign in every part of our hearts and our lives too. That God, we would be living sacrifices that are offered to you daily to live for you, for your glory. Because God, you've blessed us with so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her, until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Peter. We're going to prepare our hearts for listening to God's word as Ian brings it to us in a moment. As we do so, let's continue in our worship. Let's stand. we come to look at your word now. May we be open to your Holy Spirit speaking to each and every one of us. Lord, in this holy space, in this holy moment, may we put down 
our hopes. To receive the hope that you want to place in us. Lord, may your Holy Spirit move among us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please do sit down. As we journey through this Advent season, we are looking at contrasts, really. Last week, Vicky spoke on the life of Mary, and from pain comes blessing. This week, we're looking at Joseph with the theme, from doubt comes faith. From doubt comes faith. Have you ever had great plans just gone into smithereens by something that's happened? We all experienced it to a point last Christmas, didn't we? When just before the Christmas, we had this new lockdown and we couldn't have Christmas quite the way we explained. And it was just two days, I think it was, before Christmas. It might have been three. My memory's faulty. But... We had Boris on the telly, you remember? Christmas is cancelled. He didn't quite say those words because that would have been a political disaster, but that's what he meant. And you may not now go and gather in your homes with your friends and relatives. And I remember that night, my daughter phoning, Dad, can we meet at a service station so at least we can exchange presents? And I got in my car, they got in their car. And you know what? We got to South Mims and presents were being passed around. And suddenly looking around, we realised we were not the only ones doing this. There were loads of cars who were just passing stuff. It looked like some mass drug interchange, you know, it was going on there. Our plans had been totally scuppered. For Mary and Joseph, the Advent story is not quite that... Nativity scene you often see with the cute angels in that in the school play, or as we will see in a few weeks' time. It's not quite that. Because for Mary and Joseph, this was real life and real plans being upset. You see, they're a young couple in love. And they were going out with each other. They got engaged. Everything was going to be fine. Joseph had his carpentry business. He was going to be fine. It was all okay. And they had the hopes and the dreams of the future going well. And then a pesky angel arrived. An angel, the messenger, upset everything. <clears throat> Our first hymn this morning, thank you, Jan, for choosing it. Over all the earth you reign on high. But my one request, Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Sorry, who sung that this morning? Who meant it? 
These songs are great, aren't they? But did we truly mean, Lord, reign in me again? Because if we truly meant that, do we realise what the cost could be of Lord reigning in me? Do we realise that the cost of that can be an upset of all your life plans that you have mapped out before you? The chorus goes on. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. That's a big one, isn't it? Lord, reign over my dreams. Well, I have my dreams, but what if God's plan is different? What if God's plan for the future is different than the dreams we have for our future? And we come back to the story of Joseph. You can imagine Joseph's feelings, can't you? Well, that's not what I planned, God. Look, I've been a religious person. I've been doing the right things. I've got engaged to this wonderful girl. The marriage is due. It's all going to be fine. And this curveball comes in. You can imagine he doubted. Could you imagine the row between Mary and Joseph when Mary went to tell Joseph what the angel had said? What do you mean an angel? Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, Mary, yeah, let's get it out here. Mary was a human being who God chose. You could imagine her in fear and Joseph doubting. There would have been a heated discussion because they hadn't yet come to the same page. So Joseph doubted. Of course, when we doubt, we study for answers, don't we? We look for the answers to our question. And of course, sometimes when we're doubting, we look for answers to back up our doubts. After all, there's normally somebody who will agree with us somewhere or other and back up what we're saying. But Joseph... Even in this moment of doubt, is open to having his mind blown by God. Let's look at Joseph. He was a man of his culture. You see, the culture of the day is a woman who is unmarried, who gets pregnant, is an outcast, often stoned for this. And that's the culture which Joseph lived in, yet he showed Mary respect. He could have divorced, that's what they would have done even in June engaged. And women would then have had no value in the future. But Joseph cared about Mary. He wanted to do something quietly, not to bring shame and heap pain upon Mary beyond it. And in this very statement, we see something of a man full of godly 
values, not pulled along by the culture and popularity of the day. Culture is not the same as godly values. Oh, I wish I had time to unpack that very sentence. Maybe there's a sermon there for next year. But let me just say very quickly, a lot of what is around in our culture today is not godly. A lot of what we read, the opinions we read in our papers, they're not godly. A lot of what people hold and shout about are not godly things. We need to learn to filter and not believe everything we think and filter through the scriptures what is godly here. As I say, I could go on for longer on that, but I'm not going to today. But Malachi statement what does God love mercy justice and so Joseph a man of God who God had trusted with the greatest message of all was a bold person he was prepared to go countercultural to do the right thing. He was not going to be drawn along by the status quo or popularity. He was not looking to make a noise. He was letting God's will be done. And God calls people of integrity who will do the right thing no matter what the cost. So Joseph was a man of his culture, but he was also a man of belief. He was open to God and hearing from God. He knew the scriptures and he knew the possibilities of the Messiah coming through a virgin. And in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1, we read these words, but after this, he considered this. That was to divorce Mary and avoid her public disgrace. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of Mary, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because of what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. A man of faith was open to God. In that very dream, there was a turnaround as Joseph heard what God said and resolved to do what God wanted. Little did he know what it was going to cost him, the pain it was going to cost, the effect it was going to have on his business and all those sorts of things. He did not know those sorts of things. He didn't know that he was going to face tremendous grief in 33 years' time as he saw that 
son of his who he took on, who he adopted, he was going not to, he was not afraid to take that on. And he was going to experience grief. And so God was able to talk to Joseph. But he was also a man who was prepared to trust God. It's all very well hearing the uh, promises and direction of God, isn't it? And uh, if I went round this room this morning, we'd all come out with our promises that God made to us. I will keep you. I will never leave you. I will strengthen you. I will keep you. I will make my face shine upon you. I will provide for you. And all these things that God had said to us, how many of us believe them all? And if God says it, do we live differently because of it? Do we trust God enough to have heard a promise and put our trust in that promise? Whatever the cost. This book... The Bible is full of so many promises of God. It's full of them. And it's full of promises about your future. It's full of promises about your eternal salvation. It's full of promises about if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ... He will save you. He will straight. It's, it's full of promises. Do they affect the way we live? Do they? Do we live differently because God has promised us? Does it affect our thought processes? To Joseph. The promise of God was enough for him to totally break all the cultural rules of the day to do the right thing because he had heard that this was something God was involved in. And he was going to pay the cost no matter what it was because God was involved in it. And I want to ask you a question. What is it that God's shown you that he's involved in? Are you prepared to get involved as well? Do we trust God despite the winds and storms? Despite the buffeting that goes on from time to time? Because although Joseph was a man who trusted God, he was also a man who paid a great cost. Trusting God meant his life plans were going to be upset. He was going to turn from a man who was running his carpenter's shop to having to journey 
for a census and to escape to Egypt as a refugee for fear of his life. And he was going to have to live in an exiled place, away from his home for two years, for fear of his life. When you look at the refugees crossing the channel, running away from the bombs we made, I want you to just for a moment stop and think, my saviour was one of those. My Lord was a refugee. Joseph trusted God and was prepared to follow God despite the huge cost to his life. What about us? What about us? Oh, we complain about our freezer breaking down or the internet not working. God, when the internet goes down now, it's like the end of the world, isn't it? So many people. Ah, particularly the young people. I can't live a moment longer. The internet's broken. Although I have heard of some parents changing the password until they have done the jobs they were told to do. But then I've heard of some children who are cleverer than the parents and know how to fix the password so mum can't get in and do it again. The things we think are enormous are nothing. To the men and women of faith in the Bible who heard God speak and went and lived it. I'm going to come back to that song again. We sang at the beginning, Lord, reign in me. And I want to ask you the question again. Do you really want God to reign in you? Do you really want God to reign in you? Joseph, a man like every other man. And of course he doubted. And of course he needed convincing God was in this. And we all need that, don't we? When it's going wrong, we need convincing that God is in it. But once he was convinced, he acted differently. I want to ask you this morning, where are your doubts? Where are your doubts at the moment? Might ask as a church, where as a church are our, our doubts? Will we allow God to convince us to show his, his way? 
And if God really does show us his way, will we invest our life afresh into God having his way? This Christmas, as we see the Christmas narrative away, a narrative and the story going on, I sense God saying, build your faith. Question your doubts. And be ready to have your mind blown. That's an act of faith. Will we go back to that first song that we sang and say, Lord, I didn't mean that? <laughs> or will we say, yes, Lord, I really did mean that song. Lord, reign in me. In a moment, Jan's going to lead us as we break bread together. As we take the bread and the cup, in one way, the climax of worship as we remember what Jesus did for us. And we are going to digest it. We eat the bread, we drink the cup. Well, we drink the contents of the cup, but we always say it's drink the cup. But you know what I mean. Today, I believe God's saying, don't do it if you don't mean it. Don't do it if you don't mean it. But if you today want to renew your faith in Christ and bring it alive in a way it has not been maybe for a few months or a few years and you want to say afresh, yes, Lord, reign in me. Then receive the bread and wine as a start of the next chapter. And as you eat it and drink it, pray the prayer we sung at the beginning. Lord, reign in me. Let's pray. Lord, that calling upon us to follow you is a high calling. a high calling of your love that wants to take us to a place where you do reign, where you're in control. And Lord, maybe our priorities have got wrong. You've come down the list to our priorities. Lord God, Afresh may we say together, 
in our worship, in our prayers, and in the taking of bread and wine. Lord, reign in me again. Amen. Here is love, fast as the ocean. Stand together. Please take your seats. Ian has brought God's word to us today and the table, what a wonderful place to come together to respond to God's word this morning. Lord, reign in me. The table is set as a reminder of the sacrifice of Christ who offers us complete forgiveness for our sins, who reaches out to us, his children. Today, as we come to this table, may we allow God to be Lord of all, to make sure that he is Lord of our hearts. Where we've wronged, let's ask for his forgiveness. If we've got something wrong between us and a brother or sister, then let's make sure we put our hearts right and do actions to follow that up. But the table is set. It is non-alcoholic wine. The bread is gluten-free. 
And we're invited to come to this table, not because we must, but because we may. We come because we are weak, not because we're strong. We come not because of any goodness of our own gives us the right to come, but because we need God's mercy, we need his help. We come because we love the Lord a little and we long to love him more. We come because he loves us. He gave himself for us. And so we're invited by the Lord himself to come and meet him here. For we are his body. We're going to be led in a prayer of thanksgiving by Bernd. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what you have done and continue to do in our lives and the life of this church in Rumford. Thank you, Father, for giving us this time of reflection. Let us think about what Christ did for us at Calvary. As we humbly come to your table, let us remember your painful sacrifice, which you did not deserve. As we eat the bread, we remember that you were pierced and bruised for us. Help us to remember the punishment that you endured for us. As we gaze at the blood of redemption, we see mercy in this cup. We see your life being poured out for us as we drink the wine. Help us to remember that you bled for us. We are here with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts. We give you thanks for the gifts which you have blessed us, for the created world in which we live, for our friends and family with whom we share our lives, for the food on our plates and the roofs over our heads, for those that make our life abundant. We offer our thanks and praise. May we continue to feed on you in our hearts and minds by faith, with grateful thanks for this day, and may we walk May our walk be worthy and honouring to you. Gracious God, pour out your spirit upon this gathering, this table and this meal. As we eat and drink in fellowship with each other, may we be filled with hope for the future. May the spirit move among us in this place. Allow this meal to rejuvenate and empower us as we go out to live your love in the world. Amen. Thank you, Ben. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him and want to love him more. So come. Come if you have much faith. Come if you have little. Come if you've been here often or if it's a long time since you've been. Come if you've tried to follow and if you've failed. Come not because it's I who invite you, but because it's our Lord, it's his will, that those who love him should meet him here. And so we remember that on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord took the bread, and as he broke it, he gave thanks. 
and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood which is given to you. Drink this and remember me. And so we will take the bread and eat as we are served. And then we will retain the cup and we will drink together. Let's drink together and thank our Lord. Esther will now come and lead us in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this chance to just stop. Thank you for your word to us this morning. Father, thank you that you want to reign in every part of our lives. And even though we foul and we stumble and we struggle in so many ways, Yet again and again, Father God, you have mercy on us. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your endless grace. And Father, as we thank you and ask you to be Lord of our lives, so we pray for our dear friends and family who are known to us, who are in such need at this time. We pray particularly for the family of Jeff Gosling and for Daphne May's family. But Lord, so many of our families have been bereaved in these past months and Father, for each one we just pray. We pray your comfort. We pray that they might know your presence close. Father, draw close to them, we pray. Bring comfort and love. 
May they know that they are not alone. And Father, as we head towards Christmas, so it's such a difficult time for so many people and so many families. Lord, again, we pray for one another and those who are in such need as they head towards Christmas and the challenges that will be faced. Lord, we pray for peace in homes. We pray for safety and security in homes. We pray for your presence in those homes where loneliness takes such a hold. And Father, we pray particularly for Lara and Sam and the family as they travel to Nigeria for um, the funeral there. And God, we just pray your blessing on them. Give them traveling mercies. And Lord, comfort them as a family as they're able to come together. Father, we thank you for Parkside and for all that you've done to protect that home. And we pray your continued protection over them. Father, we pray for each person who are named on the sheet this week who needs your help, your healing touch, your presence close to them. And Father, we particularly remember Don and just ask that you'd have your hand on him in a very special way. Just pray that his pain would be decreased enormously. And Lord, we just pray he would know your grace in a special way, even now. Lord, we bring before you those who we know. In the silence, Father, we bring their names and just ask that you would touch their lives. Father, thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you for your love and your care. And thank you for your grace in our lives. We pray that you might indeed reign in us again. Father, we place our hope in you, in you alone. Amen. Let's bring our worship to an end this morning as we sing that beautiful hymn, In Christ Alone. May together we leave this place knowing that we stand here, not in our own strength, but in the power of our God. And so I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit might be with each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.